Hello and welcome to episode number 142 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Cody, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always. And on today's episode, we'll begin taking a look at the prospects the Power 5 conferences have to offer for the 2021 draft, starting with the Big Ten. We'll take a look at the top half of the conference alphabetically on this show, which just means three schools that start with I and four that start with M, headlined by Iowa and Michigan. And obviously, Michigan is the uh, big ticket item in, th- in this top half of the Big Ten that we're going to do next week, uh, obviously, with Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, that's going to be a bit of a longer show, but uh, it's going to be, as we'll talk about, a bit of a drop-off here from, uh, for Iowa. Uh, but Michigan seems to be loaded not only with good college players, but NFL prospects as well. Absolutely. And the Big Ten did enjoy a productive 2020 NFL draft. They had 48 players selected after they had 40 picked in the 2019 draft. And 25 of those 48 players picked are from teams that we're going to break down for you on this week's show. Five of those were first round picks, three from Ohio State, one each from Iowa and Michigan from an overall perspective. Only one Big Ten senior, though, enters the season with first round potential. But there are over a half dozen underclassmen who could end up in round one if they declare. Tony. Would you say it's a stronger 2021 class than 2020 for the Big Ten, or is it pretty similar in terms of draft impact? I don't know. I, I can't even say that uh, because we're not talking about Ohio State. I, I think it's it's pretty similar, you know. And the reason why the there are so few seniors is because, as we see year and year again, you've got so many underclassmen, juniors, true juniors, redshirt juniors, redshirt sophomores who enter the draft, which really dilutes the senior class. So there's no surprise there. Now, we will start off our look at the Big Ten here with Illinois. The Illini have had 17 draft picks the past 10 years, including first-rounders Corey Legit in 2011 and Whitney Merciless and A.J. Jenkins way back in 2012. Only five of those 17 picks, though, have come since 2013 for Illinois. The Illini could come close to that number just next April, albeit with late-round prospects, including a trio of seniors, left tackle Vidarian Lowe, is a guy that moves well, solid strength as a blocker, just may not fit in long-term at left tackle, but definitely has an NFL future. Quarterback Michael Peters, who you might know by his middle name, Brandon, good arm, nice size, completed 55% of his passes with 18 touchdowns and eight interceptions this past season in his first year as a starter. And quarterback Nate Hobbs, who has solid size and length, showed some ability against the run, had 67 tackles and five and a half for loss last season, and also in coverage with 10 pass breakups and one interception. Now, those are the seniors, but the top Illini prospect is actually an underclassman, junior tight end Daniel Barker, just 18 receptions in 2009, but for 273 yards and four touchdowns, an athletic move tight end type who really made the most of his opportunities as a sophomore and could take another step forward here in 2020. Yeah, he is a big play tight end. He is a guy that I'm going to be interested to see what his 40 time is. Uh, because he doesn't look like a super fast guy, but he makes a lot of plays down the field. He's basically like an oversized receiver at the tight end position. Uh, catches the ball very well, makes the reception in stride, shows a lot of natural receiving skills. And as you said, more of a move tight end than a traditional uh, uh, three down guy that you're going to use as an inline blocker uh, for many of the downs. Uh, for Daniel Lowe, a year ago, is my highest rated Illinois player. He's right there with uh, Daniel Barker. As you said, you know, I don't know that he stays at left tackle, but he's a good wide body blocker. He's relatively mobile. I know scouts think he's uh, have given him late round grades. I have a six round grade on him again for the second year in a row. 
shows some ability, you know, out in space uh, in motion on the second level. I don't know that uh, I'm going to brand him as a uh, his own blocking guard, uh, but he does a little bit of everything well. I am a big fan of Michael Peters. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the arm strength, and as you will eventually read on my Illinois write-up at uh, Pro Football Network, I, I think Michael Peters is the type of quarterback that can make a James Morgan type of move up draft boards. He's got all the physical skills to play at the next level. He seems to have it going on between the between the ears because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't make a lot of uh, poor passes. It's just a matter of him elevating his game, which I think he can do. Peters is absolutely the type of guy that I can see ha having a good senior season, going to something like the Shrine game, and then going to the Combine, and then getting drafted in day three. The better he plays, the earlier he'll be drafted. I also like Nate Hobbs a lot. I think he's uh, underrated in scouting circles. He's got solid size, goes a shade under six foot tall, 190 pounds. He plays tough football, really better facing the action, but he's been a solid cover corner uh, for the past two years at Illinois. And you know what? We talk about Illinois. Let's give Lovey Smith credit because really midway through the season last year, it looked like Lovey Smith was going to be fired. Turned that program around almost on a dime. They pulled a big upset win over Wisconsin. Things seem to be moving in the right direction for Illinois. Two more guys to keep uh, in mind, center Doug Kramer and inside linebacker Jacob Hansen. I think both of those guys, I have them graded as uh, free agent type players. Maybe if they have good seasons, they move into the late part of the draft. But at the very least, I think they're priority free agents. And moving on to Indiana, a team that has 13 players selected in the NFL draft over the last 10 years. Second rounders Cody Latimer in 2014 and Jason Spriggs in 2016 being the highest picks. There is one player on the Hoosiers roster who could be the fifth day two pick from the program during that time frame. And that's junior defensive end James Head Jr. His sophomore stats don't pop, 20 tackles, four for loss, two and a half sacks. But his speed off the edge certainly does. Watch him closely this season to see if he can take that next step. Redshirt sophomore tight end Peyton Hendershot. 52 catches for 662 yards and four touchdowns last season. Doesn't stand out in terms of athleticism or size, but definitely some great early career production at a position where players often need more time to develop. And throwing the Hendershot is junior quarterback Peyton Ramsey. High completion rate the last two seasons, over 65%, 32 touchdowns through the air and 12 on the ground. A player that many in the scouting community are high on, but Tony, I know you're not quite as big of a fan. No, not at all. I mean, he's a solid college quarterback. I just don't think he projects all that well to the next level. I think he's more of a sandlot type of guy, somebody who improvises, underhand passes, shovel passes, and that sort of stuff works great on Saturday. I just don't know it's going to work all that well on Sunday. Fun guy to watch on the college level, no doubt about it. I just don't think he projects all that well to the next level which is the exact opposite of the way I feel James Head does. I mean, you mentioned his stats from last year. Nothing great, but when you watch him, when, you, when he's on his game, wow, watch out. He's got decent size, 6'4", 255 pounds. He's an athletic guy who comes out of a three-point stance or can stand over tackle, shows pass rushing skill at either spots, shows the ability to change direction, get out into space, and make plays uh, on the ball handler. I think I love his upside. Uh, I have him graded right now as a uh, third round selection. I would like to see him obviously improve the uh, production, but I think he comes with a great upside. Peyton Hendershot, you mentioned, solid, solid pass catcher, solid blocker, not special in any way, uh, the, not the fastest guy, not the strongest guy, but just very reliable and someone who I think could be a potentially 
very good number two tight end. They got two receivers to keep an eye on. Wap Fillior, who's the smaller, speedier, sleeker guy, someone who's able to get separation through his route, someone who makes big plays down the field on occasion. And Ty Freifogel. Try saying that name ten times fast. He's the bigger. He's the bigger possession receiver. Six foot, uh, slightly under six foot one, two hundred seven pounds. Uh, runs and plays in the mid four fives, but a real, real good pass catcher. And you know, I rarely talk about players that are not draft eligible, second year sophomores. But you got to keep an eye on Indiana left tackle Matt Bedford because this guy screams top forty five uh, selection, and he's only going to his second year of college. Big, tall, outstanding pass protector. Uh, with uh, with terrific terrific footwork, Indiana has been building a lot of momentum as a program for the past couple of years. I think they're ready to take it to the next step. Our final I squad here is the aforementioned Iowa Hawkeyes, a program that has had 17 NFL draft picks the past five years, including three first rounders, all coming in the last two drafts: tight ends T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant in 2019, and offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs back in April, and a couple of senior wide receivers. Top the Hawkeyes board heading into 2020, Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith. Similar reception and touchdown totals in 2019, but Smith-Marset averaged over 16 yards per catch compared to just under 12 for Brandon Smith. And those numbers play out in terms of their next level traits as well. Smith-Marset is fast, separates with ease, while Smith is a bigger receiver with solid ball skills. In the end, both of these guys, despite those contrasting styles, could easily land on day two as could senior offensive tackle Alaric Johnson, more of a pass blocker compared to his former teammate, Tristan Wirfs, who I mentioned earlier, slides well to the edge, can ride rushers past the pocket, shows good punch and extension, but there is some inconsistency in his game in addition to struggles as a run blocker, which makes him a polarizing prospect among scouts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, scouts I've talked with, uh, I have a lot of dis- I have some disagreement with the way they've graded the three guys that you spoke about. I all have I have them uh, graded a little bit higher, or I should say, when it comes to Amir Smith Marset and Brandon Smith, I don't have as big a spread between those two receivers as most scouts do. A lot of scouts have a spread of anywhere from two to three rounds. I, I think it's more a round at most. Smith Marset is obviously the faster guy. He's more of the big play home run hitter. Uh, but I like Brandon Smith's receiving skills better. I like the fact that he's a bigger, taller receiver, and he's got decent speed. I mean, at 215 pounds, he's probably going to run, and he plays in the four fours, so it's not like he's a slow guy. I, I like his size better. I, I think Smith-Marset, I have him rated higher. I just don't have a huge spread. There is a big, uh, a wide variety of opinion on Alaric John, uh, Jackson. I still have him as a second round, uh, a second day, I should say, second day selection. I like his footwork. I like the way he slides out. Yes, he has to improve his run blocking. Yes, he has to improve his balance, but I see some upside there. Even though I have him graded as a third rounder, there are some scouts who grade him more in the late fourth, uh, early fifth round area. As you said, you know, he's got to complete his game. Doesn't have the great height. He's going to go under six foot five, and a lot of times you want your left tackle to be a little bit taller, unless you're the New England Patriots. But I like Jackson's upside. Another guy to keep an eye on: Chauncey Golston, the uh, defensive end, six five, two hundred sixty five pounds, a real good athlete, very explosive. He's got to fill out his frame, but he's a guy who really flashes on the scene. Makes plays behind the line of scrimmage, travels down the line of scrimmage to uh, defend the run. Uh, a hardworking guy who will only get better as he physically matures. There are four more teams coming up, but first, an update from our sponsor. Reopening around the country is right around the corner. 
and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in a few months. So don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. That's like showing up the first day of school without a haircut, Chris. And Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, including a haircut, as I've spoken about in the past. Now, I just got back to New York City after spending a month away. And yes, my Manscaped package was waiting right at my front door. Haven't had the chance to use it quite yet. But then again, New York City isn't even in phase two. So I guess my first post-quarantine date with the wife is still on hold. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, performance breeze, the crop preserver body deodorant, and the crop reviver spray toner. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DRAFTANALYST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code D-R-A-F-T-A-N-A-L-Y-S-T-S. As always, your balls and your first date will thank you. Now moving on here to the Maryland Terrapins, eight straight years with an NFL draft pick for the program, 15 players selected during that time frame, but the Terps probably going to need some underclassmen declarations to make it nine straight years. Redshirt sophomore left tackle Jalen Duncan, likely a future right tackle, very powerful as a run blocker, just isn't really smooth or athletic enough to hold down the blind side. Whereas junior right tackle Marcus Minor, also a likely position switch, this time inside to guard since he lacks ideal tackle size and where his movement ability could be best utilized pulling and getting to the second level. But really otherwise for the Terrapins, slim pickings, especially in the senior class, unless you happen to be a big fan of quarterback Josh Jackson. Yeah, and it's kind of unusual because Maryland's had a, a good run of success recently in, uh, in the draft. 2018, round one, you had D.J. Moore, the receiver. 2019, this uh, safety Dornell Savage goes around one. Then they had a host of day three picks. Last year, their top pick was early, or I should say the middle part of round four, underclassman Anthony McFarland. So uh, I guess the will has kind of run dry. I agree with you. I mean, I like Marcus Miner's game. I think he's a solid college tackle, but I don't think he projects that well to, uh, to tackle at the next level because he's a little bit small. He's a little bit short. He moves relatively well. I can see him really standing out as a uh, zone-blocking guard. Duncan, uh, the third-year sophomore, has got terrific size. Uh, he looks more like – he looks like a, he, he could potentially develop into a real good right tackle prospect. He's just got to finish his games, got to improve his uh, blocking balance physically get a little bit stronger that should come in time but I like both of those guys somebody could keep an eye on don't know that he's going to end up draftable but uh, Antoine Richardson safety who sat out in 2019 I thought highly of him coming off the 2018 film decent size solid ball skills not the fastest guy in the world but someone just to keep an eye on moving forward and moving on from Maryland, one of the teams on the show with the fewest prospects to the team with the most prospects, as Tony mentioned before, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. They had a whopping 10 players selected in April's draft alone, which was tied for the most in the Big Ten with Ohio State. And really, that, that's about the only thing that's been equal between these two programs of late. 17 total selections for Michigan the past three drafts, including first-rounders Cesar Ruiz this year and Devin Bush and Rashawn Gary last year. And this is a team that could add to that total in April of 2021. Senior defensive end, Quiddy Pay, 12 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks in 2019, has enough size to stick at defensive end in the NFL, but also shows good speed and explosiveness around the edge. He's going to take on more responsibility this year with friend of the podcast, Josh Uche gone. Rated even higher than Pay, however, 
is retro sophomore tackle Jalen Mayfield. Good size and athleticism, a complete left tackle who can protect the passer and create holes in the run game. There are a couple skill players to mention as well who could land on day two, senior wide receiver Nico Collins and senior tight end Nick Eubanks. Collins, a bigger receiver, uses his body well to box out opponents, attacks the ball nicely in the air and wins in contested situations. He's been an effective downfield wide receiver in college, but like we always say, workouts, specifically 40 time, will determine the draft stock for a player like Collins. Eubanks, though, pretty good size, smooth mover as well. Both of these guys in the end are going to see more work in 2020 with Donovan Peoples-Jones gone to the NFL. Lots of Wolverines to discuss, obviously, Tony. Break them all down for us. Yeah, a lot of them. I, I mean, <laughs> this is a make-or-break year for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, you know, he's got to beat. He's got to at least keep the game against Ohio State close. He's been getting his doors blown off, and he's got the talent to do it. We'll have to wait and see from a college perspective what what happens behind center, what the quarterback situation uh, is like. But you know, from an NFL perspective, you are looking at one, two, three, four, five, six guys that I presently grade as top 75 choices. Two of them, Jalen Mayfield and Quiddy Pay, as potential first-round choices. You know, Mayfield, you mentioned, played left tackle last year. He slated to play right tackle this year, which ta- tells you about his versatility. He's a tall guy, goes about six foot five, probably about 310 pounds, but he's very fluid, moves very well on his feet. Smooth sliding out in pass protection, covers a good amount of area, fluid blocking emotion. He's got a high upside, only a third-year sophomore. And I already grade him as a potential first-round selection. Now, Michigan has put a host of uh, very good offensive linemen into the NFL draft, Caesar Ruiz being the most recent one. Wouldn't surprise me if Mayfield is the next first-round choice. Does he enter the draft? I think uh, it'd be kind of tough for him not to enter the draft if he has a big year or has the year that everyone is expecting. Quidi Pay, as you, uh, you know, as you said, he's a very athletic pass rusher. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they use him at, at the next level as far as a defensive end or outside linebacker. He's fast. He's explosive. He also shows the ability to make plays in space. He's got a great closing burst. A little bit shy when it comes up to strength at the point of attack and, and the ability to disengage from blocks. That's got to approve, which it should in time. I presently have him graded as a potential first-round pick. Uh, or late first, I should say, early second-round pick. Scouts are a little bit lower on him. They're talking more late second, early third round. Uh, Ambry Thomas is a guy who gets a lot of uh, varying opinions in the scouting community. I like him as a second round choice. I think he's got outstanding ball skills, excellent speed, uh, someone who is able to get his head back around and, and make plays with his back to the ball, which is very important. The only thing with, pay, uh, with Thomas is he's got a bit of a thin build. He's going to go 5'11 and a half, maybe six foot. He's probably under 180 pounds, and he does struggle in battles. But as he just physically matures, I think he'll get a little bit bigger and stronger. I love his ball skills. Nico Collins, uh, a lot of scouts have him graded as the t- number one player from Michigan. Nico Collins is an outstanding receiver. He's a guy who makes the extraordinary reception as regularly as he does the ordinary catch he's a guy who will get up in a crowd and come down with a difficult catch he's a great third down and and red zone receiver he's got soft hands he's got natural pass catching skills he shows excellent focus as well as concentration and real good eye hand coordination but as you mentioned the thing with nico collins is speed the ability to separate he looks great on saturday but he all but you know it doesn't necessarily transition well to the next level Colin Johnson, 
the former receiver from Texas, who was what, a fifth round pick, <clears throat> entered the last season with grades from scouts that were as high as Nico Collins. When I say grades that were high, I mean potential second round grades. And we saw what happened to him because you can't separate. It's going to be tough for you to play at the, at the uh, next level. Uh, I like Nick Eubanks for the past two years. I think he's underrated. I have him graded as a third round pick. He's a big guy who's more athletic than people realize, catches the ball extremely well, really looks like a power forward on the football field. Uh, Nick Eubanks does a solid job blocking. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned our friend Josh Uchi uh, earlier. I think Nick Eubanks is a type of guy that could be uh, this year's version of Josh Uchi coming out of Michigan in the sense that he's basically considered a early third day pick by NFL scouts. But I think when all said and done, if he has the year that, that is, uh, is possible, he's going to end up as a second round pick. Aiden Hutchinson is another pass rusher to go along with Quidi Pay, another defensive end who plays with a relentless style. He doesn't have the same speed as Quiddy Pay, but he's got better size. He holds up much better at the point of attack. And keep an eye on Chris Evans. Uh, Evans is a guy who draws a variety of opinions in scouting circles. Off the 2018 film, I graded him as a fourth-round choice. He was academically ineligible last year, so he's going to return to the field this year. Uh, I presently grade him as a fifth-rounder. He's got decent size, solid speed, and he's got outstanding running back skills. He's a guy who makes defenders miss. He's got solid strength on the inside. He has the agility to get around the corner. He's got the strength to grind it out on the inside. So Chris Evans, who I presently grade as a fifth rounder, if he has the year that he had in 2018 or is able to build upon that, he's the type of guy, we'll see him at the senior ball, we'll see him at the combine, and then we could see him in the second day of the draft. Now we'll wrap up our look at the Big Ten's 2021 NFL Draft prospects after this quick break. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for you. It's different for me. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity to win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab and go. Every day giftable. Every day fun. The new lucky number scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. And we're back to take a look at the other side of the state of Michigan with the Michigan State Spartans. 20 players drafted over the past eight years. A couple first-round cornerbacks in Darquez Denard and Trey Waynes, along with offensive tackle Jack Conklin. This year's top Spartan is another defensive back, but he's not a corner. That is junior safety Xavier Henderson. Free safety with range and ball skills, flashes ability in man coverage and against the run. Definite possibility on day two if he does come out early. Other than Henderson, though, all third-day prospects for the Spartans and new head coach Mel Tucker, led by center Matt Allen. Allen's a bit small, but he gets to the second level well. Shows good extension and pass protection. Has the toughness and intelligence you want in the leader of your offensive line just doesn't quite hit those size thresholds that many teams look for at the position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it from a player perspective, Matt Allen is a legitimate third for fourth round choice. But when you look at it from the point that he, when he, when he measures in, he's probably not even going to be six foot two inches and he's not really overly athletic. That's going to depress his draft stock. I have him graded as a fifth rounder. A lot of people think he's going to go later, a real good football player. It's a situation with Matt Allen where a coach is just going to have to take a liking to him and fit Allen into their system. 
Guy can play football, and the guy's got great bloodlines. It's just that he doesn't have great measurables. You mentioned Xavier Henderson. I mean, Henderson is a complete safety. He is someone who really stands out to me on film. I presently grade him as a third rounder. He's got decent size, slightly under six foot tall, slightly over 200 pounds. He plays fast football. He's got range. He goes sideline to sideline. Does a great job getting out to the flanks to work with the uh, cornerbacks, make plays on the ball. Has also, when I watched him on film, did a good job when he was lined over the slot receiver. So, And he gives it up against the run. He's very tough, firing up the field, and very physical, making his way up the field to defend the run. So when you get a complete safety like that, if he has a decent workout uh, before the draft, he's going to go second day. I know that he's been talking with agents, so I think there's a chance that, depending on what happens, he, he would enter the draft. Two other guys to keep an eye on, Matt Dotson, the tight end, a bigger pass-catching guy who doesn't have great speed, but like Peyton Hendershot, who we mentioned earlier from Indiana, does enough things well to get consideration as a number two tight end. And someone who I absolutely love, Antoine Simmons, the outside linebacker. He has more safety size, but he plays with a viciousness. He plays with great intensity. He's got outstanding speed. He is an outstanding run-and-chase linebacker who also gets depth on pass drops. Basically, and we mentioned this time and time again, he's the type of linebacker that teams are looking for these days, the guy that can get from point A to point B in no time at all, make the plays on the football. That's what Antoine Simmons does. One last player, Naquan Jones, a guy who's got all the ability in the world, yet rarely plays to it. I mean, he is the consummate, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane type of prospect. Six, two and a half, 320 pounds, decent athlete. He has shown himself to be an overwhelming force, but he's also shown himself to just disappear uh, for, for uh, lengths on end and, and not show up. So Naquan Jones, who I have right now graded as a six-round pick, some scouts have him as early as the fifth round. If he has a big season, he's going to move up draft boards. But if he plays the way Naquan Jones has played the past two years very inconsistently, he's going to fall out of the draft altogether. Now staying in the North Country, but moving a little bit West for our final team, that is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, five draft selections this past April after just four, the prior four years combined, including Antoine Winfield Jr. on day two in April. Another underclassman could land in that range next April if he declares, and that is wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Everybody last season wanted to talk about Tyler Johnson. We talked about him a lot too, so we're not. no one is alone in that. He had great production throughout his college career, but he landed in the fifth round. Bateman, on the other hand, almost as productive in fewer opportunities last season, but he is a far better NFL talent. He's got better size. He's a better athlete, and he is just as good and just as natural of a receiver as Tyler Johnson. Overall, really hard to poke holes in Bateman's game, and it shouldn't be a surprise if he leads the conference in receiving in 2020 after finishing second to Johnson last year. Looking more towards the later rounds where the rest of the Golden Gophers prospects lie, Connor Olsen, the solid interior lineman, switches between guard and center regularly mid-game, at least he did last season. Obviously a smart player to be able to handle all that, but does have a tendency to bend at the waist and overextend a little bit. So I'll have to clean that up and, and maybe find a more permanent position, but that versatility will help him and his draft stock as well. Wide receiver Chris Ottman-Bell, another good athlete, the guy we discussed on the show a lot last season, should see increased opportunity, obviously, with Tyler Johnson gone, guy who quickly transitions into his yards after catch opportunities, dangerous down the field as well, good speed. Tony, what's your take on Minnesota's prospects heading into the 2020 campaign? 
Yeah, well, I think you hit the the uh, the nail on the head with the uh, with the hammer there with Rashad Bateman. I mean, he's going to go in that late first, early second round area right now, unless something changes. And comparing him to Tyler Johnson, I think Tyler Johnson made the more spectacular catches on occasion, but Bateman is definitely the much bigger play receiver. He's also he's a solid short intermediate pass catcher, but he also has a penchant for making big plays down the field. I think he's a guy that's going to run in the mid to low four fours when he eventually times he's got decent size. He has all the skills necessary to be a number two, maybe even a number one receiver at the next level. I like Bateman's upside. I think he's a real good college receiver who two or three years in the NFL can be an outstanding knockout wideout. basically does it all. Maybe he has to improve his route running a little bit, but that's also the way Minnesota uses him. Just an exciting player, someone who really pops off on film. Connor Olson is not like that. And I've got Connor Olson rated much higher than scouts. I probably have him rated too high as a fourth rounder. But I love his versatility. I love his durability. He's been a productive player from Minnesota for going on four years now. As you mentioned, was primarily a guard until last year. They played him at center. I like that versatility. I have him as a fourth rounder. He's got decent size. He's not the greatest athlete in the world. He's probably going to go somewhere later, but I, I just like him as a football player. One name to keep on the tip of your tongues. This guy, from what I've talked to, or when I've talked to scouts, they're kind of like they shrug their shoulders. Golden Gophers cornerback, Benjamin St. Juiced. Six foot two, 195 pounds. He's a tough cornerback. He's got outstanding ball skills. You know, able to make plays with his back to the ball. Like we talked about it with Ambry Thomas, where he gets his head back around and locates the pass in the air. He's got excellent size. He plays physical football, not the fastest guy in the world, but a real good cover guy. And I was shocked when talking with scouts, so many people kind of said, who, when I mentioned the name, Benjamin St. Juice right now, I've got him graded moving towards the season as the fifth rounder. That's it for the 142nd episode of the draft analyst presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. We'll be back next week to break down the rest of the Big Ten Conference. But in the meantime, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Good night.